What's up? Oh, nothing. This goddamn weather's getting to me. I know, but at least we are attending SmackDown tonight. We are. It's going to be if, awesome. If you're listening to this on release day. If you're not, you're missing out. And we went to the SmackDown on March 5th. Yes, we did. The SmackDown. The SmackDown. Uh, right after the Summerfest. Yes. So, uh, yeah. You know what's funny? How last week on the show we were talking about, oh, yeah, for once, the, the big news finally dropped before Monday. Yeah, and, and they, then they teased literally, us. Literally, literally, that Monday night huge news story happens, which we'll get into a little later, but just can't catch a break. No, we're just incredibly badly timed. So, uh, got a little fun one coming up. We're going to go into the mania behind hashtag Kofi Mania. I'm excited for this. Yeah, uh, should be should be interesting dive. I mean, Kofi's done a lot of things that I think, I don't think a lot of people realize how much Kofi's done. Yeah, he's like, without the New Day, he was a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And with them, he's a two-time Hall of Famer. I'm... If you want to get into this argument again. uh, You're flustering me here, man. (laughs) I don't... That got me so mad last night. I know. I saw the look in your eye. It was terrifying. Because it was an awful take. Like, if you... You real... You know what? We can't right now. Uh, Let's not get into this. Yeah, we got a fun show coming up, so stay tuned right after the break. All right, so kicking off the news this week, I feel like I just got irrationally loud there. You did. That was that was odd. I'm scared. But um, we had one confirmed new inductee into the WWE Hall of Fame, and there are also two rumored names, neither of which I saw coming at all. No. So let's start with what we know. The Honky Tonk Man, not to be confused with the Hawkins Tonk Man, oh. will be enshrined into the Hall of Fame. And if Luke Gallows doesn't induct him, which I know he won't, but I'll be so I mean, disappointed. I think he might because everybody else fucking hates him. <laughs> so he might he might have to. Dude, Gallows inducting the Honky Tonk, the Honky Tonk Man would be an all-time Hall of Fame moment. But, I mean, do you think it's deserved? I don't answer these questions because it's a bullshit Hall of Fame. You're right. We got over this. I mean, I think of all the people to get in, he should. And he was the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion yeah, of all time. he was a great character in he's an era forever. of great characters. He's like, around forever. Yeah. He's kind of an asshole. Not going to lie. But, I mean, a lot of guys are kind of assholes. A lot of guys are kind of assholes. And it should be interesting to see if they find somebody to induct them that likes them still. I mean, Jimmy Hart's still alive, so you could go that route. Um, maybe Greg the Hammer. I'm, I'm sure he's still kicking it somewhere. No, he's not dead, is he? No, Greg, no Greg's alive, so. but I don't know like what kind of shape he's in. Like I or haven't he, seen him. In or it. if Honky didn't piss him off. Well, I mean, hey, money talks. I'm sure if they pay someone enough, they'll say nice things about him. That's true. That's that's very true. I'll induct him today. Actually, I won't because I'll be at New Japan, the Superior event that night. Yeah. I do got to say, if, if like Rock was getting in, would you go New Japan or would you go to the Hall of Fame? Probably still New Japan, but I would at least watch the Hall of Fame later on. Like I don't. I still never watched last. I year's. watched last year's, and I really cons- I don't watch fucking Hillbilly Jim's his his speech. Motherfucker's still talking, but yeah. uh, I mean, I'll probably watch. I'll probably watch DX's speech this year, but I don't, watch. I'm. Really I'll watch. You no, know I'll watch. I'm probably gonna watch this year's because I, I want to see what Honky says. Jeff Jarrett's Jeff Jarrett's and Mark Henry's speeches last year were very good. I heard the bits about Owen from them, but that's yeah. about. But the two rumored names that well. Come to think of it, by the time you're listening to this, one of them might already be confirmed. So I'm sure they're going to confirm someone. Or on I hope it's neither of them. I mean, who and it's cares? Vader. Like I really like. Why do you care about the Hall of Fame? I'm not trying to be an asshole. But this is a serious I, question. I don't. But if there's gonna do one, do it right. But Vince Senior's limo driver's in. Like, who cares at that point? 
I'm not saying I'm not saying Mr. Dudley wasn't a good man or anything. I I never met the guy. I'm sure you he's like Vince Sr.'s like right hand guy, but Yeah, but I just if you're gonna do a Hall of Fame as as a Hall of Fame for people, like it's unfair to the rock that this shit happens. Like when the Rock's in and Austin and fucking Andre and Hogan I and I don't think the Rock gives a fuck. No, no. I don't think anyone cares. I mean I whatever. Like, I don't I, care. It might but... mean something to some guys, but we were talking about Cauliflower Hour last week. I think like that's a much more prestigious honor. Like, yes, Cauliflower Alley is. I take Cauliflower Hour serious because it's like legit voted on by a panel of like people who know what they're talking about. Even say what you want about Dave Meltzer, but the Observer Hall of Fame's another legitimate Hall of Fame because once again, it's voted on by the subscribers of the Observer, and if you subscribe to the Observer, you're obviously like a hardcore fan, so you know enough of what you're talking about. Oh, yes, but, absolutely. Like, the WWE Hall of Fame, Vince will just wake up one day and be like, Coco, beware, put him in the hall. I mean, leave Coco. I'm not, I'm, no, I'm not shitting on Coco. Is Frankie in? I, I mean, unless he's in as an extension of Coco. Like, is is Coco beware anything without Frankie? So, like, I don't know. I just... But like, who are who are the two new people? Okay, because I could have kept going on this. Yes, but. I know. Because I, I, that's a... That's a cyclone. I really don't want to get in with you because we'll talk about it. All I was going to say is, like, if people care about the Hall of Fame, that's great. Good for you. I'm glad. I wish I could still believe enough to care about the Hall of Fame. But I just don't understand. Like, like people are so mad that Owen Hart isn't in. Like, should Owen Hart be in every wrestling Hall yes. of Fame ever? Absolutely. But yes. Dude, and it, but, but, dude, people it's also place the blame Hall in the wrong place. No, it's on his wife. In it that, in that no, thing. It, it is. Everybody's like, I don't know why Vince wouldn't put him in. I believe they wanted to once already, didn't they? They wanted to several times. Yeah, and uh, and uh, Martha was not with I, it. I, want, I just want Owen to sign an elections contract so you get him a tell thing. Well, he's not signing anything. Well, his fucking family. And you know, you and, know what I mean. And you know... and You, you know, know what I mean. Like, you don't you didn't have to be a fucking smartass. Like, I you, guess I do. It's my thing. You know but, what uh, I fucking mean. You didn't, and that's not going to happen. I want a King Owen figure as well. No, and it won't happen, which sucks. That's I'm more upset about that than him being in the Hall of Fame. Like that doesn't. I even think the, Brett stopped talking to her. Didn't, didn't, yeah, no, didn't he, he said, like, yeah, he's he like, did. He's like, you're ridiculous at this point. He did. And that's why I think they're holding off the Hart Foundation. Well, yeah, that's know. that's why I think I think they're going to try to get together. And once again, if the Hart Foundation goes in, it'll once again prove my point that the only reason they put groups in is because guys aren't good enough as individuals. Hmm. <laughs> No, that makes sense a little bit. Like they wanted, they wanted the Hart Foundation in so they could have a feel good moment for Jim, who once again, you know, if they put Jim in the Hall of Fame. Fantastic, I'm sure it'd make Natty thrilled. But yeah, no, but Diehard, hey, he might sneak his way in. I'm sure he will because just because of the relationship and with Natalia. But like we talk, people talk about this like it's fucking Canton. It's ridiculous. It's a fucking fake Hall of Fame. Although I do want to go to Canton. I'd love to go to Canton. I've been to Cooperstown. Never been. I've never been to any Hall of Fame. And I don't care if you care about baseball or not. It's awesome. Oh, I up bet there. it is. I'd love to it's go to Cooperstown. Incredible up there. I'm just saying, like people care about it, like it's that. Although I wish they would actually would build one just for my. They probably. I mean, I don't mind it. They have like, enough shit. Like, why don't they just open the warehouse? Charge twenty four. Well, every year, every year at Access, there's a display of like all the Hall of Famers and like memorabilia and stuff. So like. I'm, I think that's sufficient enough. Yeah, it does, I don't care that much. All right, so we still haven't gotten to the two people that are getting in. Yeah, uh, the rumored names are Tori Wilson and Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, who cares? Good for them. Like, strutting in a cut. <laughs> Although, like, it's all propaganda. Who deserves it more? If this was a deserved thing, who deserves it more, Brutus or Tori? 
I'd go Brutus just because, once again, he was like a very over character in a time period where there were a lot of very over characters. Uh, I can I do agree, but I think it'd be Tori. She was on top of a division. Brutus fucking never was. Well, I mean, she was never a champion. But she was working the mains in the women. Not that that meant anything at the time she was. She was. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm not yeah. trying to shit on Tori. Either Tory, way, there's a million people that should go in, which comes, which comes back to your statement that, that, that doesn't matter. It doesn't. It, it doesn't matter at all. There's, but, like, you know Brutus is just an excuse to get Hogan back on TV. Like, if you think it's anything more than that, you're stupid. <laughs> that's true. I, I, I didn't think about that, but I agree 100%. Because you know Hogan's going to induct him. Oh, yeah. They're sewn together with the asshole. Oh, yeah. This is the same person. It's so... Which, by the way, the story about him in Boston with the cocaine is incredible. <laughs> it is a great story. <laughs> He's like, he turned himself in. The, the police chief congratulated him for his honesty. What a city. Yeah. Racist bastards. They are. They are. They are quite a racist city. But beautiful, beautiful city. It is very nice. I was there. Masagi and Fenway. Um... Let's not talk about Boston right now because the Celtics fucking love it. Yeah, they do. They really do. No, you can't say that. I can only say that. No, I, I'm agreeing with you. I don't want you to agree with me. Then they should get better. I guarantee they'd still be the Sixers in the seven-game series. And I agree with you, so let's move on. Okay. Oh, is this my... It is time for this week, nine years ago in WWE history. So, not a whole lot on Raw. There was an interesting tidbit. We're still in the guest host era. The guest hosts were Cheech and Chong. And there was a backstage... Oh, there's guest host tonight! Yeah, there is. <laughs> and you know what? I, I have to watch Saturday Night Live because of my place of employment. And uh, Che and Jost are two funny motherfuckers. Dude, dude I like them. They're, they're really good at Weekend Update. They're two funny like, motherfuckers. Weekend Update's not what it once was. No. You know, Faye and Fallon yeah. or uh, Aykroyd and... Uh, the hell was her name? Oh, never mind. But uh, it's not what it was, but they are pretty they're funny. They're good. No, they're good. They are pretty funny. So I'm, I'm interested to see. It's like, it seems very random and out of nowhere, though. Like, I was literally watching SNL at work on Saturday, and they didn't say a word about it. So, like, I don't, like, it just seems... Maybe they're going to the Hall of Fame. I don't know. <laughs> you just, at this point, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, fucking Kid Rock's in there, so... Oh, fuck, he is. I hate Kid Rock. <laughs> I think everyone, most people hate Kid Rock. Except Mike Canellis. Mike Canellis loves Kid He's Rock. He's got two good songs. What are they? I need to... One of them is Picture with Sheryl Crow. Okay. It's that's... a fabulous song. And the other one's Bob with the Ba. <laughs> you, don't like, you don't like American Badass? Yeah. Not as much as Ba with the Ba. I can run around and smack my head to Ba with the Ba all day. Oh, what's the other one? Uh, it's like, I want to fuck her like I'm never... Oh, So Hot. I like mm-hmm. So Hot. I get down to So Hot. Yeah, he was cool like in 2002. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he's but, well uh, past his... I love when he made like a, a, a very conservative joke. and they, I did see this clip from the Hall of Fame where he made like a... He got on a body slam from Democrats. And, it was, and fucking they cut the AJ Styles. They cut the AJ Styles. The AJ Styles was like, mind. let's fucking go. He was just... He was just <laughs> Unreal, man. What is... What Jesus. is life? Yeah, that's what, exactly. What is fucking life? But, um, what were we Cheech, talking what about? What the fuck were Cheech and oh. doing? I'm... So, they were, they were mostly inoffensive guest, co- guest hosts. There was one thing that was awful. So, Hornswoggle walks in with a box of Lucky Charms. And they eat the Lucky Charms and they start tripping off Lucky Charms. I shit you not. And then, and then well, well, Cheech was. And then Chong comes in he's like, Cheech, you know you can't eat sugary cereals. It messes with your blood pressure. And then he's like, nah, man, you gotta, you gotta try these. And fucking Chong eats them, and he gets high, too. And it's like... That's awesome. Like, what is this? I love Cheech and Chong. You're also like their old-ass comedy tapes. Yeah, they're funny They're guys. hilarious. They're funny guys. And uh, was it Cheech was on Masked Singer, right? Or was it no, Chong? it was Chong. Chong. Tommy Chong. Chong, Chong. Yeah. Tommy Chong. Yeah. 
But uh, which, by the way, got the last four. Yeah, I got I I got eight out of twelve correct. Yeah, I think everyone knew Gladys Knight, so I don't. I really. I was pissed that the peacock was Donny Osmond and not Neil Patrick Harris because I thought I had it fucking unlocked. Neil Patrick Harris on. T-Pain. You also thought the fucking uh, deer was Triple H. And it was I still think Terry the deer Bradshaw. was Triple H. I think they changed it. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so that's that's really the only thing of note on Raw. So NXT. What a fucking interesting show. We're on week two. And 90% of the pros hate their rookies. <laughs> the Miz can't stand Daniel Bryan. You know, you listen to Action Christian's podcast, right? Yeah. You know, I always talk about Christian being a dick. Yeah. He did this on TV to Heath Slater. <laughs> Heath Slater's like, did you hear those fans cheering me last week? And Christian's like, you're walking out with me. That wasn't for you. <laughs> so they hate, they, they hate each other. David Otunga is retroactively becoming my least favorite wrestler of all time. You know, like the NBA, like tracksuit bottoms. He has those except they're jeans. Oh. <laughs> he comes out with fucking sunglasses, a hoodie, and his tearaway jeans. And he fucking gets on stage. And mind you, our truth is his pro, so he's coming out to What's Up. <laughs> and so he gets on stage. Our <laughs> truth's got people over there. What's up? Fucking rips off the tearaway jeans. That's and I'm awesome. just like, no, it's terrible. It's fantastic. And by the way, they hate each other also. About the only pro. Oh, CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk. Darren Young is CM Punk's rookie. That's a weird partnership. <laughs> and the, the problem I have with Darren Young. Is they bill him at... <laughs> no, not that problem. They bill him as, like, a South Beach party boy. Oh, he, yeah, he was, wasn't he? he but was when a, he comes to the ring, they say from New Jersey. Yeah. So it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, I remember that, actually. It's it was, so inconsistent. It was, like, from Piscataway, New Jersey. Yeah, he was just... <laughs> it's like, he said he's from South Beach. And CM Punk is so indifferent to this man. Like, Darren oh, Young... Oh, he joined commentary later. He didn't give a fuck. Darren Young... Darren Young... Uh, well, th- that's still two seasons away. Yeah. We're, we're still in season one here, pal. He doesn't join till the women fucking this or that season. Ooh. Which, when he gets that fucking, that's going to be a f- fucking train wreck. But, Darren Young literally won a match and he was looking for CM Punk to celebrate with and Punk was already in the back. <laughs> but he's so... God, how did, how did either of those shows survive? But there's a thing, like, everyone remembers NXT as, like, this wacky show with all these obstacle courses and whatnot. And there hasn't been one mention of that yet. So I'm, I'm kind of curious if, like, that wasn't the plan the whole time. They thought NXT was going to be, like, this super serious show. And then, like, ratings tanks. So like, fuck it. Let's make them all drink soda and fucking joust. So I'm, I'm waiting to see what episode we finally get these fucking challenges. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, and that, when it falls off a cliff. Yeah, that's when it goes shit down. How did that, how did that, how did that uh, show survive and then become the best wrestling show on, te- on television? That's... Well, they reinvented it. That's how. That's Jesus. And then finally on SmackDown. So, the previous week on SmackDown, Kane ended Drew McIntyre's undefeated streak. Woo! That's what I'm fucking talking about. You'll never about. guess what move he did it with. The sidewalk slam. Almost as lame. It's a vertical you, suplex. No, you know, like uh, when when the dude's like sitting up and Kane hits like the running drop kick to the seated opponent. He pinned Drew McIntyre. With that. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. More of that, please. That's how please. he ended the undefeated streak. So that was last week. So now this week, Drew McIntyre is smiling. And he's, he went to Vince McMahon. He's Vince McMahon's chosen one. And he got the loss expunged was... from his record. <laughs> so Kane did not end the undefeated streak with a fucking... He was so doughy kick. back then. So then he faced Matt Hardy in a second... And by the way, that was a Money in the Bank qualifying match. So Kane's in Money in the Bank at WrestleMania 26. I know you're excited. So now he faced Matt Hardy in the second chance qualifying match. And then Matt Hardy beat him. 
And I remember where this goes. He's going to keep losing money in the bank qualifying matches until he finally beats a jobber f- for it. Yeah. So that's that's what God, the show was bad back then. That's what happened uh, nine years ago this week in WWE history. Quite a turbulent week. Poor Kane. Very turbulent. He won't be known as the first guy to beat uh, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, and like I can't even use that as one of my facts. I know. Well, you could. You could be like, it was wrongly taken away from him. But Yes, next week. No, you can't do it now. It's already out there exposed to the world. you gotta find, you got to find a, a Kane Fastlane stat, because next week will be the Fastlane review show. You have all, all those legendary Fastlane matches. <laughs> hey, I'm sure he's had... Uh, Kane... It wouldn't surprise me if Kane's competed in, like, every pay-per-view ever. Like, he he found a way to be in the Wrestling Classic in 1985 as, like, an extra somehow. Like, it wouldn't... Bruiser Mestino. It wouldn't surprise me at this point. No, he was playing college basketball then. Dude. Imagine if he had a sick jumper. Dude, there's nothing better than the Aaron Baines fan club featuring The Undertaker. Get it, get it out. I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. It infuriates me. It's so good. I can't wait for Boban to tombstone him in the playoffs. Boban's just a body. It, what is Aaron Baines? All of Australia. What do you mean all? What is Aaron Baines? He's, he's a Celtics, Celtics token stupid looking white guy. They have one every year. I thought that was Gordon Hayward this year. I mean, he's the sixth highest paid player in the league, averaging 10 points a game. Nothing more than a fucking token white guy. But he's not a stupid-looking white guy like Baines is. Gordon Hayward. You got rid of Kelly Olenek, and you got in Aaron Baines, and there's no difference in between them. Well, Kelly Olenek had a fucking legit goat face. Aaron Baines got rid of the man button, though. I'm upset. Good. Shaved the head. Said he let his, like, four-year-old daughter do it. Pussy. All right. Wow, what do you have against Aaron Baines? Just because he owned and beat in the playoffs? We're moving on to Dave Batista now. Alright. So this past Monday on Raw, uh, Big Dave made his return attacking Ric Flair, allegedly. <laughs> did you see the thing where... Uh, he might have possibly attacked Ric Flair. Did you see the thing where uh, the locker room, it said uh, all the skirmish and all the skirmish on the hood closed door was Dave taking the blade away from Flair so he couldn't <laughs> do the blade job? It's <laughs> awesome. Because you know he wanted to. He's like, I'll, oh, I'll you, do it. You absolutely know if he wasn't close to death no, he, I'm sure he still wanted to do the blade job. No, he no, just, he would have taken... No, they would have... I guarantee he has to take the Batista bomb in the ring. Oh, yeah, I'm sure he did. And they're like, Rick, no. man. No. Dude, you're 70 and you no. almost died two years ago. Was that two years ago already? 2017, yeah. Jesus. My God. I really thought we were getting a tribute show then when that, when that was Dude, going down. so did I. I'm like, this isn't good. The best story that come from that is when he was so delirious and out of it that he was fucking strutting around and slapping himself. That's all he really knew. That's all he knew how to do. Yeah, he's he's, he's a wrestler's wrestler. He but, is. Uh, he's the man. So, I'm irrationally excited that Batista's back, and I really don't know why. I'm the same way. Like, I never, I never gave a shit about Batista. Like, I liked him, but he was never, like, it never did anything for me. But here's the thing. I've gotten back, and, like, I'm in the middle of his fucking 2010 heel run right now, and it's so good. Is it? He told John Cena that he needs to stick to kissing babies and hugging fat girls. I, <laughs> I remember I, that. I died laughing. Kissing babies and hugging fat girls. That's I, awesome. I howled with laughter. I could not stop laughing. All right, did he need the fucking nose ring in? Yes, because he's a heel. He looked like such a douche. It was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. It was a blue nose ring. It was perfect. It was so I want to talk about his 2014 run because I think this might be a hot this might be a hot take. I think Dave Batista gets more 
uncalled for shit thrown at him than anybody in wrestling history. And, uh, yes, Triple H gets a lot of uncalled for shit thrown at him, too. But Triple H also gets a lot of praise. He does. Triple H gets a lot of praise for NXT. Yeah, people talk about him with the shovel. But I think Batista gets... You know, because Mark Jindrak should have went over that one time. Batista gets so much unnecessary shit thrown at him. He, I, I agree. So. He, uh... Let's talk, about this, let's talk about this 2014 run. First of all, is it not the case of worst timing ever? Yeah. So the Raw that Batista came back drew 5.5 million viewers. So don't tell me this guy's not a draw. Then, it all went downhill when he entered that Royal Rumble and Daniel Bryan didn't. That's, that's, that's the beginning of the end. If Batista would have came back a year earlier or a year later, yeah, it would have been fine. But he came back in the middle of Daniel That's what Bryan wrestling fans were being the most over-motherfucker on earth. And then they turned Batista heel like a week later, which is the right call. And it was awesome. Like, you got to go back and watch some of the 2014 stuff on YouTube. It was so good. And also, well. he wrestled in the best hooping shoes ever, the Jordan 28s. I literally hooped in them until my foot went through the fucking... They're the second, they're the second best hooping shoes ever. No, they're not. They're number one. And a lot of people shit on them because they're ugly. They might be ugly. Like, I, don't, I don't have the calves that were wearing Jordan 28s. But uh, you, they're the second... You know what the best hooping shoe ever is? What? The KD5. Hmm. I like the KD6 better than the KD... I, I don't really like... See, the thing about the Jordan 28 is it's not a high top, but it, like... It can be. It's not. Because, like, it's literally, like, when you zip it up, it's not like there's... It adds extra support. It's just, like, it's a piece of fabric, and it's around your ankle. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, like... And, like, the low-top KDs are so much better than, than the high-top KDs, and the 5 was, like, the last high-top KD. Yeah, it wasn't. So. I liked it. I liked them, too. But, yeah, he had this, he had this special ones, didn't he, for him? He had, like... like he had, like, special Batista third... Uh, uh, no, he just had, like, every colorway made. Like, the ones he wore at Mania are the colorway that I hooped in until last year, and they finally went on me, and I'm so sad about it. <laughs> but. But, no, I remember that run just because I was so into Daniel Bryan. Uh, Daniel Bryan, pardon me. Yeah, Daniel Bryan. And uh, he, I don't remember it all that much. I'm going to watch his stuff. We're still kind of, we're, like, at the opposite end of the spectrum of what time we usually Dude. record. And evolution, and the evolution reunion was awesome. It was, let, it was fantastic. I won't let anyone I, tell me otherwise. I texted you when it went on. I'm like, was that the best promo of Dave Bautista's life? No, I'm not. I'm not even talking about the 20, 2018 evolution reunion. Oh, I'm talking about the twenty fourteen evolution when reunion. they came out. Yes, when and they they, they had they had uh, two great matches against the Shield. Oh, they had two phenomenal yes. matches against the Shield, dude. I, I believe Extreme Rules and TLC. Extreme Rules and Payback. And Payback. Yes. Oh God, Payback. And, uh... You will not convince me. Dave's fucking 2014 run was great. You guys are just so caught up in Daniel Bryan. Which I was, too. We all were. But, like, in hindsight, Batista got so much shit for coming back that run. Yeah, it was all timing. And, like... Yeah. And I, I, wrestling fans really forgave him quickly after he left. Yeah. We're like, we're sorry. We're sorry, Dave. Dude, just, that run was awesome. I don't... He, he, had, to go, he had to go promote... Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy because that was around the time Guardians of the Galaxy the first one came out great movie but he stayed an extra month because he loved working with the Shield somewhere like Batista fucking loves the business and like people don't realize I, that I'd love, I'd love to see like 05 Batista in like current Roman Reigns do like 12 minutes I feel like that'd be real fun to watch only if 05 Batista has all of current day Batista's tattoos <laughs> where's the Gracie Jiu Jitsu trunks and where's the 28s because that, that's if he comes back in 28s at Mania, I'll be happy, but I doubt it. <laughs> All right, better question for you then. 
Dave, better as a healer or face? Dude, come on. Dude, he's the, he should never be a baby face. Like, it worked I in 05. Yeah. It worked in 05 just because he was the guy that ended the Reign of Terror, and everyone was waiting for the Reign of Terror to be over. So that got him over big time as a baby face. But, like, I'm telling you, watch some of his heel work. It's so fucking good. He's so good at being an asshole. I will. I'm going to watch. Is there, like, videos like Dave Batista's heel work? I just, just Google Batista 2014 and shit will come up. Okay. It's fucking great. Um, but yeah, I'm excited he's back for, uh, for Mania against Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Uh, apparently it's just going to be a one-off, which, you know, that's fine. He said he wants to have one last match against Triple H, and it looks like he will get it. So we'll get to see it in person. Should be exciting. And yeah, and I'm very excited. Uh, I, I just hope they give him the fireworks. It's it's I haven't seen I haven't seen Dave's Dude and his music is his music is great. I we apologize for that brief interruption. We need to handle some business. Yeah, was, I'm just I need to take a very important phone call. But anyway, uh, anything else you gotta say about Big Dave? I'm excited he's back. I hope they do this right and I think it's gonna be good. I'll I just I want to see the spine buster. He's the best spine buster in the history of wrestling, and I want to see it. Top five entrance, entrance theme of all time. Or yes, no? I think so too. And top and number yeah! and number and number one alternate wrestling theme. Oh, it's like just the just the, the acoustic version. I think the evolution theme might be in there too. We might have you might have three all timers. Oh, uh, line in the sand is fabulous. I love line in the sand. That's my favorite Motorhead wrestling song. I like it more than the game. I like it more than King of Kings. Line in the Sand has to be number one. Dude, dude. Is it the clock? It's got to be the clock. No, I just... I love the lyrics. See my reflection change. Nothing ever stays the same. That's some deep shit right there. <laughs> it is. That's some deep fucking shit. I was writing my diary in high school. I listened yeah. to that. <laughs> <laughs> Yesterday's too long ago. Don't agree with what I know. Tomorrow's got no place to be. What fucking deep lyricism. Yep, good you for know Lemmy. Lemmy was on every type of drug when he was right. Oh, yeah, Lemmy, Lemmy just did all the cocaine yeah. before he did that. Yeah, he's... Rest in peace, Lemmy. Yeah, absolutely. Rocks fucking hard. All right, so we got next... You want to talk about Ron Smackdown, and I'm very interested in why, because I have no idea why. Okay, so... I'm not going to say this is Bruce Pritchard, but... Because a lot of people said that Bruce Prichard's role has been very overstated and he doesn't have as much influence as I think he said that, people. didn't he? Yeah, he? Yeah, he did. But um, I don't know if you noticed this, but the pacing of Raw and SmackDown were both, like, extremely good. Like, usually, Raw's a chore to get through. Like, I watched, Pacing for Raw was very good. I watch Raw at work every week, and, like, there'll be times where, like... So, so the times go moving extra slow, because not only is Raw on, I'm at work, and I just want to go home. So, like, there'll be times where, like... I look at the clock, and it's 8 o'clock, and then I look at the clock what feels like an hour later, and it's only 8.15, and I'm like, holy shit, how is it only 8.15? I feel like every time I blinked, 20 minutes have gone by in this Raw. Yeah, it was like a full it was segment. Like it was, so they paced them. The order of the segments was better, and it was different. Everything Absolutely was different. like extremely, and I thought the same thing uh, with SmackDown to a lesser extent. Like, SmackDown, I never have any issues getting through SmackDown. SmackDown is an easy watch every week, but SmackDown just fucking flew by this week. I was like, this is crazy. Well, that's good then, right? No, that's no, a that's a great thing. thing. That's not that's what I'm saying. Like, so what, what do you think this is? Do you think do you think this was Bruce Prichard? Do you think? Because you you are the one that said last week, and I kind of I like I knew what you meant, but I didn't totally agree. Where you said like if Bruce Prichard has a big role, we'll see it. 
And like, I definitely saw a change this week. So you know, maybe I didn't you think about right. it, but I, yeah, I just, you know how Bruce Pritchard, not that you know specifically how right. Bruce Pritchard writes a show. Yeah, yeah. But like, we've watched it for years yeah. and we've heard him talk we've heard about the it. thought process, yeah. And, and that was definitely more what it was than what it usually is. Yeah, like there was, I think the longest match was like eight minutes. And you know what? For TV, that's fine. You don't need to have like. No, you don't need to have. I, and I'm okay with like one twenty minute or on Raw. No, like if there's if there's a very good match, like I'm cool with it going twenty minutes. But there are times where like I don't want to pick any pick on anybody. But I think like a couple weeks ago it was Hawkins and Ryder versus the Lucha House Party, and I got like sixteen minutes, thirteen minutes or something. And I'm like, like that, yeah. that's no offense to any of those guys, but that's unnecessary. Yeah, like, no, it's, they're not in a storyline. It's not building anything. It's just it was just a random time filler because we have a three hour Raw. Yeah, no, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if it continues tonight. Yeah, we will. You did it again, man. Fuck, I broke the gimmick. Yeah. We're, spoiler alert, we're not recording on Sunday this week. We're recording on Monday. Yeah, it's Monday morning, and, like, my time is all thrown off. Yeah. Because we're usually recording 12 hours or prior to this. Yeah, usually exactly 12 hours prior to this. It's pretty damn close. But, uh, yeah, uh, I definitely noticed a difference in, in Raw, like, there were still the filler segments, but they were kept, like, short. Like, yeah, Lacey Evans still came out and walked in a circle, but it wasn't drug out three minutes this time. She she was daring gone in 30 seconds. Um, it was kind of random, but the Otis Ascension segment, I liked it way more than I I should. watched it a hundred times since, since, since. I keep trying to figure out where the hell Otis came from. Like, <laughs> he out of thin air. Ducky, how you doing looking for you? He's just, he's just, he's just. Jeez. Yeah, he's a bone ball. He's just I I can't not like him. There's something so lovable about him. I know. Like I want to I want to hate heavy machinery so bad, but I can't. Like I can't. Bone ball. <laughs> I just love when he comes in and goes, Ducky, Ducky, how you doing? Looking for you. He's just. <laughs> Would Tucker Knight be screwed without Otis? Yes. Okay. Tucker Knight is the most vanilla person of all time. He's more vanilla than this latte. Yes, he's just. He, and I liked them. I liked them together. And I think I, I think they're Otis great. They're great. They're great. They're great. Little. I like I like Tucker's Otis's like handler. It works. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's kimchi. One fucking. <laughs> it's a big kimchi, brother. Fucking Otis randomly wanders onto Alexa Bliss's talk show segment. Tucker has to come out and save him. Like Otis, no, no, no. Otis, what are you doing, man? He's just <laughs> pretty ladies. Like I don't mean to be like, a, but it's his gimmick that he's like mentally challenged. Like what is I, the no? Gimmick? I just think I he's. I think he's just. So juiced up on testosterone, I just—he's just ready to go at all times. He's the horniest wrestler on the planet. <laughs> oh my god! Did you see a couple weeks ago when they were out there, Lacey Evans? He's fucking bobbing his head to a mute dude. It was what a man. <laughs> I was watching someone when they. Did you, ever, did you ever see the video when they go to France? Yes. And they're yes. eating the macarons. He's going macaroni. <laughs> he's fucking screaming. What a guy! But uh, so you noticed his pacing thing too? It wasn't just me, right? Yeah, I, I noticed. I didn't know that's what you were talking about because yeah. you wouldn't tell me because you wanted to be a surprise, brother. Well, no, because and, like. Uh, Come on, you. This happens all the time. Like you'll text me about something, we'll talk about it. I'm like, oh man, that would have been great for the fucking podcast, but it'd be fake if we talked about yeah. it again. But I really no, you're right. We'll see. We'll see it again with these weeks and next week's show. I want to see how he's doing the pay per views. Oh god, this is Bruce's first pay per view. Yeah. And with that amazing segue by this sexual man, what we're going into sexual? What the fuck are you talking about? I don't know. I'm trying to work a sex gimmick. No. No. <laughs> Sexual energy is all the 60s. No. Did you listen to the Sam Roberts show with, like, it was uh, Corey Graves, Pat McAfee, uh, I did, didn't Renee Young, and fucking Corey kept calling himself the, the, the world champion, world of, champion love. of love. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's when I found out that him and his wife were getting a divorce, and then, then the story broke, and 
which I was still, and they still, I, they were getting a divorce, I believe. Yeah, and they definitely are now if they were before. <laughs> so, which I don't know what I think about that. That's not our. It's, it's not, not our my business. business. Yeah, that's not I me. Mean. It's none of our business. It's not my business at all. So, fast lane, end of the line. What we got? <laughs> no, that was roadblock. I know. I know. I know. Oh man! So fast lane takes place March tenth, twenty nineteen, from the capital of America, Cleveland, Ohio, the Quicken Loans Arena, the house that Braun built, it the is... playoffs that Braun missed. Oh no! Yeah. Uh, fuck the Lakers. So as of Monday, March fourth, at eleven twenty a.m., we only have uh, four matches announced. It's so for probably three too many. We're gonna run through the four matches. So like literally on Raw, we're just gonna get a shit ton of matches for yeah. no reason. Jesus. All right, let's start with a match. I have no idea why it's happening. Asuka defends the SmackDown Women's Championship against Mandy Rose. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know at all. You don't know why it's happening? You don't know who's going to win? Cause I, I know who's going to win. I don't say, know why I it's think, happening. I think I know who's going to win. That match is going to be about 33 seconds long, and uh, Asuka's winning. Yeah, I agree. Um, so speaking of Asuka, the rumor is that her WrestleMania opponents could be Lacey Evans. What are your no thoughts way. on it? No way. It's not happening. Lacey Evans is... Terrible. I know she currently. is. I know she is. But Not that I'm saying she's bad. She's just nowhere near ready to do this. I mean, it's obvious someone likes it. She lasts like 40 minutes in the Rumble, so. 6'2", blonde with huge cans. Who do you think likes her? When we say someone, we all know who we're fucking talking about, so. And, uh, oh, God, I don't like that at all. Because <laughs> she was terrible in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, she was, but yeah, like, I, I could I can fuck up a kip up like that. That was. I don't got I I don't got you for making it as far off the mat as she did. You, you want to do this? <laughs> I'd pay to see it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also have Oscar retaining. What I'd personally like to see happen is Oscar retains, then Sonya turns on Mandy, and Sonya gets a shot at Mania. I think that would be much a much better route. I think Sonya Deville is like one of the more underrated females in the roster. For, I, I agree. I for tweet how it. for how little, for how short amount of a time she's been in the business, she's very good. But I don't know. Vince seems to be fixated on Lacey Evans. She's yeah. been on she's been on TV every week without ever wrestling. On That'll TV, change so. quickly. Yeah, we're both going Oscar. No real surprise there. <laughs> so moving on, another match that I have no interest in. You gotta watch out for that V trigger, though. Dude, Mandy Rose is a great V trigger. Like, it seems like all the women, even, like, the women that aren't as good as the top women, they all have, like, one thing they do very well. And Good God. Alexa, Alexa, no. Alicia. Alicia, thank you. You You got it. There's an X in there somewhere. Alicia Fox is... Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox's Northern Lights Suplex is goddamn gorgeous. It's beautiful. Taz couldn't throw a better fucking Northern Lights Suplex than that. And Becky has the Bexploder. I set you up perfectly. It's Taz! (laughs) It's Taz. But... Uh, Okay, what's next on the list? A tag team match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. The Boss and Hug Connection. Bailey and No, it's not. It's a fantastic name. Bailey and Sasha Banks defend against Simone Slaughterhouse. I can't believe I have to call them that. <laughs> I hate Jackson to me. You, you look me right now in your face in your stupid Supreme shirt and your Rams hat and tell me that... The Samoan Slaughterhouse is a not is a better name than the Boston Hug Connection. It's not. No, it's not. But that doesn't mean the Boston Hug Connection is good. I like the Boston Hug Connection. That's like man. saying that's like saying tell me a runny shit is worse than a fucking solid shit. They're both shit. Uh, one of them's probably healthier than the other one. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. And definitely, definitely, if, you're, if you're consistently one way, you probably need to go see someone about that. Yeah. But, okay. Boston Hog. Yeah, there's no get. doubt. Uh, rumor is that their match at Mania will be with Lita and Trish, which... I heard they might be working TakeOver and Mania. I could see it. I mean, they, they were on NXT last week, and they wouldn't do that for no reason. No, I read I read somewhere. I don't even remember where the source was. I was just scrolling through. Speaking of TakeOver, we got to segue into this a little bit because it's not in the rundown, but I thought we should mention it. The pay-per-view schedule for the rest of the year came out this year. Oh, Jesus. How did we forget about this? That, Let's go through Fastlane first, okay. and then we'll, we'll get there. We'll circle back. Yeah. Okay, cool. We only got two more matches to fucking go over. Like, it's a good thing we're doing Kofi this week because if this is our fucking, like, main sell point of the show, I don't think we get a lot of downloads. No. Speaking of tag titles, the SmackDown tag titles are on the line when the Usos defend against The Miz and Shane. Who you got and why? Usos, Miz. I think people are expecting The Miz to turn heel on this show, and I think Shane's going to turn heel and get Miz that hometown sympathy. Ooh. Mm, I like that, but it's Miz's hometown, and no one ever does good shit in their hometown, so... You know, you know, you know the Usos are definitely retaining. It seems like they're they're set for a, a match with the Hardys at Mania. Hopefully, it's a ladder match. That'd be cool. Could, could the Hardys work a ladder match? Dude, do you see the shape Matt's in? I guarantee. Yo, Matt looks great, but like I, that's on the outside. Is his spine still fucking fused to his pelvis? I don't know. I mean, he feels good enough to come back. So that's true. I guess, I guess he's feeling alright. And Jeff Hardy could. Jeff Hardy's one of the guys that just won't die. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you have to do to Jeff Hardy to kill him. And, like, that guy suffered one major injury in his life, and it was from a fucking dirt bike accident. It wasn't from... It was even major. He broke his collarbone, didn't he? Broke his leg. His leg? Yeah. But, like, still, some of the bumps he's taken, and he's never gotten, like, seriously hurt. Yeah, it's absurd. Like, I don't know how that's possible, but he crashes his dirt bike and shatters his leg. Um, Yeah, I'm also going Usos. I think it's pretty much a given that The Miz and Shane uh, will be facing each other in Mania. I don't think the turn happens yet just because, like, Miz pretty much told Shane that he's been using him. And, like, for him to just, like, expose that and turn that quick, it would kind of seem like... I think they expect everybody to expect that they're going to turn. So they're going to probably drag it out a couple more weeks. Maybe, maybe like, the SmackDown after Fastlane or something. I don't know what's going to happen, but... Uh, Miz and Shane tag experiment is over. Uh, that's for sure. It was a success. Was it? I like them together. I think they're really funny together. Like they're good, they have good promos together, but like Miz, Miz, Shane, they both can work with anybody, and they would think they work really well. No together. offense, no offense to the Miz, but when the Miz is the workhorse of your tag team, you got issues. That's all. That's all I'll say. Fair. But I like the Miz. So I'm not trying to shit on the Miz, but Fair. when the Miz is the when the Miz is your fucking when the Miz is your Gibson, yeah, when the Miz is your Gibson, you got issues. All right, and finally, the fourth and final announced match for Fastlane as of this second. Daniel Bryan defends uh, the WWE title match against Kevin Owens. And before we get into who we're picking, I kind of want to talk about something that the internet has been hotly debating about. Has Daniel Bryan been doing too many jobs on TV? No. Champion can lose on TV. I agree, but I think it's not because it's the champion. It's more his character. Like, his character's like the egotistical vegan who wants to change the world. And so, like, as long as he has the title, he's good. And, like, I don't think he gives... I don't think the character of Daniel Bryan gives a shit about non-title matches. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true, too. I just don't... Yeah, don't... That's, that's nitpicky. I wouldn't... I mean, I wouldn't say it's nitpicky because he has lost a lot on TV since he became champion. Like, he's gotten pinned, like, the last four SmackDowns in a row. 
And like, you're telling me Rowan can take the take the pin in that tag match? Like, it's not I a mean, big deal. Because certain sometimes you gotta bite the bullet to build other people around you. But Kevin Owens is like, do you need to build Kevin Owens? He's is he already... gonna is he gonna lose his fucking first match back? Well, no, no, he could have pinned Roman. He could have pinned Roman, yeah, but he pinned Brian. I don't think it matters so much. I mean, I see why people are upset about it. That's that's all I'll say. I don't think it's as big of a deal as people make it, but when your champion's jobbing every week on TV, it's kind of it kind of is a bad look. But anyway, why is Daniel Bryan retaining the title? Because that's not where it ends. This is not where the road ends. So do you, do you think they do a three way mania? I don't. I think it's Kofi and Brian one on one. I think it's Kofi and Brian one on one as well. Okay. I think we were getting Kofi in at Fastlane, and they're like, "There's something to this." Yeah. And no, I, let's, obviously. Let's let's do something for Fastlane, and then. Kind of sucks for KO though. He's gonna get a big Mania payday and kind of missing out on that now. But oh well. I'm sure I'll take care of him. I'm sure I'll have something to do, but we'll have a WWE title match. That's for sure. No, that's to do with three-way. I wouldn't care about that either. I don't care about the other three-way either. No, I think I think two three-ways is too many on a show. Two three-ways is too many. I agree. But Although, I am in 2010, and in June, I have a pay-per-view coming up called Fatal Four-Way, where all the title matches are Fatal Four-Ways, so... God bless you. There's a reason that pay-per-view only lasted one year. That's all I'll say. Yep, and... Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll have to look forward to Mania. Good match. I'm looking forward to Brian. Brian did Brian and Owens ever wrestle? One-on-one? I mean, in WWE. In WWE, that's... No, <coughs> by the time Owens got called to the main roster, Brian was done. Yeah. So, unless they had a match at some point... No, because they had a tag match at Mania last year. Yeah, so I was thinking one-on-one. One-on-one, I don't think so. Yeah. All right, well, that should be good. All right, so now put on your fucking booking cap, because we are going to... I don't want to say fan... I guess it's technically fantasy book. We're going to fantasy book the New Japan Cup. So... The New Japan Cup starts March 8th, and I'll run through March 24th. Uh, it's a 32-man tournament, and uh, the winner will get a IWGP Heavyweight Championship match against the current champion, Switchblade Jay White, at the Madison Square Garden Show in April. So here's how this is going to go. We, I'm Gato, you're Tiger Atori. We're sitting in the New Japan office. We're going to book this tournament. We have to agree on each match. So if I... So, for example, if for the first round, the one that's probably going to be the closest, uh, like, Naito and Ibushi face, face each other in the first round. If I want Ibushi and you want Naito, we can't move on until we agree and convince one another. So, we have to be in full agreement. So, let's start. Yuji Nagata versus Tomohiro Ishii, first round. I don't think we're going <laughs> to argue on this one. Oh, no, it's Stone Pipple. Okay, so Ishii's moving on. Absolutely. Uh, Hanma taking on Taichi. 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 Okay, cool. You go. Nakanishi versus Yoshihashi. I can't put Yoshihashi over. I'm sorry. He had a great match last year in, in the G1. <laughs> he had a fantastic match. He, he's he's around all the time. People love him. He needs to go. Yoshihashi's around all the time? Oh, I'm sorry. I think of Toriyano. Yeah. Never mind. Different people. <laughs> Very different people. No, yo, no. Fuck him for falling. He's, he's, Nakashini's going. <laughs> Nakashini's going. Juice Robinson versus Chase Owens. Juice? Yeah. Okay. Kazushiko Okada versus Michael Elgin. Elgin. <laughs> I know you're not serious, so we're going Okada. Yes. This is, a, this is an interesting one. Former uh, half of TM61, 
Nick Miller, now known as Mikey Nichols, taking on Tong, uh, Leo Tong. I refuse to call him by his new name because it's stupid. Uh, they, it's it's totally not because I can't pronounce it. It's just because it's stupid, right? Uh, absolutely. How, how are they pronouncing it? Heiko Leo or Heiko Leo? I have no clue. That's why I went with the old name. I have oh. no clue. Uh, it's Mikey Nichols' debut. He's the yeah. newest member of Chaos. I yep. think it has to be him. Okay, yep, cool. yep, yep, yep. This is a tough one. I, Will Ospreay versus Bad Luck. It's not Kelly. a tough one because I know I know someone, one of these two people, I have gone very far. I'll give you Osprey, but like you know, there's gonna be an upset somewhere in this tournament. Yeah, and that just seems like prime upset territory to me. It's not fall away because you gotta build challengers for the Never title. No, you're right. You're right. But I, Osprey's going. All right, Toa, Toa Hanare versus Lance Archer. Lance Archer. Are you going? Yes. Hanare? Okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> this is gonna be a tough one. Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Shota Umino. Are you not going Tenzin versus T- TB Determined? Well, that TB Determined is Taguchi, but it's okay. Taguchi. We're not looking at the I'm same not, website. No, so. well, I'll go to the other side of the bracket. It's cool. No, go no go to the bracket. Hold on, I gotta find the. I gotta find a, like a, a. There we go. That's not it. There we go. All right, go ahead. We're, I'm, at, I'm at Tanahashi. Wherever you're at. Where are we at? Uh, I think it's the other side. Yeah, Tana. Yeah, I don't think that's fucking Tana's not gonna win. So Tenzon taking on the man that will replace the injured David Finley, Raisuke Taguchi. Who you got? Taguchi. Really? Yeah. I'll give it to you. Yeah, I just don't think Tenzin's going to win. Well, I don't think he's going to win the fucking tournament, but yeah, I can see him no. win the first round. Taguchi. Taguchi's a fucking junior heavyweight in a heavyweight tournament. Now, the shining star of this first round is this match here, right? Yeah. Kota Ibushi versus Tetsuya Naito. I'm thinking Ibushi just because... He's Kota Ibushi? Not only that, but it'll build a challenger for Naito's Intercontinental title. Yeah, so, I, I'm going Ibushi as well. Okay, cool. Another tough one. Evil versus Zack Sabre Jr. I evil. think I'm going evil. Oh, I'm wow. Going evil. Okay, cool. I think they're building I think they're building evil up. Not, I, o- not only that, but Abushi. Ooh, my Alistair Black just shipped. Let's go. Abushi uh, t- uh, taking on two members of LIJ in the first two rounds. Yeah. I think that's a good little storytelling there. Yeah, so no, gonna, I definitely I like evil a lot. A match that Okay, we're gonna disagree here. I have a feeling because I have a second round dream match that I needed. I need two things to go my way here. Togi Makabe versus Colt Cabana. Makabe, 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 Makabe. It's Makabe for Christ's sake. No, we've been over. We've been over this. Remember? I'm calling him Makabe. I you can't call, call him Makabe. Ma- you can call him whatever you want to call him. Why? You could be Jewish. You don't know that. I don't think he is. <laughs> Have you seen him? I don't think he's that true. Have Jewish. you not listened to commentary? They say Makabe. Yeah. But, oh no, man! I hate it. I hate it so much. Okay. You know what? Let's do it. We're going Cole Cabana. We're go- oh yeah, we're going Cole Cabana. Okay. So the other. So we need- just think. Just think. There's a. There's a possibility. There's a Nick Miller and Cole Cabana final in all this. <laughs> and I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> okay. So. Second half of the dream match. We need we need another upset to happen here. Let's go, Toro. Toro Yano versus Davey Boy Smith Jr. Let's go, Toro. Let's go, Toro. So we got our second round dream match. And I will watch that match a hundred times if it happens. Uh, so we got Kojima taking on Murder Grandpa himself, Minoru Suzuki. Did we really think this was going to go any other way? No, Suzuki can't lose in the first round. Minoru. Hiroki Goto versus Sonata. Sonata. I got Sonata. Okay. I think Sonata's a fucking star ready to be made. Okay, so. Now let me move to the other side of the bracket. So we would have Ishii versus Taichi. Ah, uh, hmm. I'm thinking Ishii gets the rub. I'm thinking he does too. Taichi doesn't need it. So you got Nakanishi taking on Juice. 
Juice. Juice. You want some Americans in there? Okada versus Mikey Nichols. Chaos implodes. Okada. Yeah, obviously. Will Ospreay versus Lance Archer. Is this where Ospreay loses? See, I want to dis- I want to disagree with you, but all right. No, no, right. We'll give me your give me your case. We got some someone's got to fucking be a challenger for the never title. We got to we got to build up some challenges here. Okay, I'm still Osprey's winning that match. All right, Tanahashi versus uh, Taguchi. Tanahashi. Taguchi. That's where that's where your upset is. They have no problem. They have no problem beating Tana ever. But dude, he's a fucking junior heavyweight. Like, what will beating? I'm not, I'm not, nope, I'm standing on the hill on this one. I gave you Osprey, you gotta give me Tana. I'll give you Tana. Okay. Abushi versus Evil. Abushi? Yes. Okay. Colt Cabana versus Toriano. Who wins the green match? Has to be Toriano, right? Yeah. Okay. He's actually a New Japan guy. It makes sense. Yes. Toriano, who did, did he wrestle Omega last year in the G1? Where yeah. it was actually a surprisingly really good wrestling match? Yeah. And I thought he was going to win for Every, like a second. No, he beat Omega. Not, last, beat not Omega. last year. It was two years two ago. Two years he ago. Him. He beat Omega. No, he, he wasn't Omega last year then. He he was wrestling. It might have been Okada. I think it was. A, it and like, been, yeah. for some, like for one second, I thought he was going to win. Dude, every year he has like a really good G1 performance. Like yeah. every year. All right. Minoru Suzuki versus Sonata. It has to be Sonata, right? Yeah. Okay. Get the rub. So back up to the top here. We now have Ishii taking on Juice Robinson. Ooh, this is this is a tough one. Juice. I think I'm thinking Juice too. They like they be like they always they always win, have be a big win for Juice. They always have their token American in there. So now we have Okada taking on Osprey. This has to be the end of the road for Osprey. I got Okada winning this whole thing. So if you have Osprey here, we're gonna have an issue. <laughs> I had Osprey and Ibushi in the final. All right, so here, so I'll sell you my picks for Okada, and we'll see if you buy it or not. Okada is the face of New Japan. He lost the Switchblade at Wrestle Kingdom. I have Okada winning the whole tournament, getting his redemption to the world's most famous arena, and beating Switchblade. Oh, I really want to see that. I think that's, it's, I think it's that, that's a little Tony fantasy booking. Not. I don't think it's that far fetched though. That's. See. Here's the thing. We've both been talking now that Osprey is the next man of New Japan. I think, but I don't think he's there yet. I think. I don't think he beats Okada. I don't think he's. I don't think he's there. You yet. said we need an upset, and this is it. He's going over the greatest champion in the history of the promotion. You're, you're not gonna budge in this one, are you? I, are you? <laughs> I mean, he's my winner. I can't let my winner fucking. He, he's my winner. I can't let my. <laughs> you have Osprey winning the whole thing. I have Osprey beating Ibushi to win the whole thing. Yes, dude. He just fucking. He's wrestling. He's wrestling Switchblade at the anniversary show. They're not gonna do that match twice. And that this close. Fuck, you're right. Yeah. I'll give you Okada. Boom, let's I, go. I still think Osprey and Ibushi will be in the finals of this, but I'll give you Okada. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So Dick. now we have Tanahashi and Ibushi. I'm going to go Ibushi. I'm going to go Ibushi. Tana's had his time. And then we have Toru Yano and Sonata. I think this is where the road for our <laughs> buddy comes to an end. He can, he can sneak his way into the final four. He could be like he could like like say no who who did it a couple of years ago that was like a, oh Loyola Chicago that's who he is <laughs> he's Loyola Chicago you know what you gave I'll give you Toriano if he, you really want it let's do it okay, go so Toriano, Toriano, Toriano the final the four. final four Jesus Christ so now we have Okada taking on Juice gotta go Okada Osprey would beat Juice and so will Okada yep now we got Abushi and Toriano 
Oh, now I think this is where the road for Toriano. I don't think Listen. so. I, I mean, Stop. I don't think so. I won't. Shut the fuck up. Stop it. Here's you know, here's my thing. <laughs> I want I want Toriano to sneak in there, get a roll up a pin, and get get he's his homecoming. He's got a lot of roll ups at this point. Get his get his get his homecoming in the world's any... most famous arena. No, <laughs> no. You think you think Toriano's won by anything other than roll up up to this point? He's gotten he's gotten like three roll ups already. <laughs> Paul smacking. Someone's gonna kick out of the small package eventually. Uh, Abushi, obviously. Okay. So now we have an Okada Abushi final. You gonna fight me on this one, or you give me my Okada Jay White story? I'll give you your Okada Jay White story. Cool. Still think it's gonna be Osprey and Abushi, but I'll give you this for this for the booking sake. That's fair. And I, and you know what? I don't think I don't think that it wouldn't surprise me if it was. But I'm really looking forward to this tournament. Uh, you know what? Let's talk to you something. We'll do something off the air. Never mind. I just thought of something. Okay. Um, well, that's going to be it for the news. So we will be right back with the mania behind Kofi Mania. SOS. I hear them shouting. SOS. I hear them calling. We just went through this. Please don't make me go through it again. <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, so... Our retrospective series continues. Um, a lot of people still say our best episodes are CM Punk 1. And I agree. We, of course, did Daniel Bryan. We did part of Chris Jericho's WWE run. Still haven't touched any other parts of that. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's banned. We did... He's canceled. Chris Jericho's canceled. We did three goddamn weeks of Mick Foley. God. Did everything, Mick. You did goddamn everything. But this one's going to be interesting because... It's topical. Not only that... But this is like the first, like, obviously Kofi works some independence for he got to WWE, but Punk and Brian and Foley, a big part of their career were independents that we didn't really watch live. Like, we've watched, we pretty much, we pretty much watched Kofi's entire career, like, live on yeah, television. Yeah, and it's, it's incredible. And we, us specifically, because I believe, I remember when I was around the age when he started, he was working dark matches yeah. before SmackDown, and we yep. saw him here in Wilkes-Barre. Yep. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? And there's a, because I thought he's, he was Kofi Kingston from Kingston, Pennsylvania, which is just about just about ten minutes away from the arena where all these shows take place. <laughs> I never even thought about that. Yeah, I was an idiot. I'm sorry, but uh, no, but yeah, we saw his whole career. Yeah, I mean, he started in the independent circuit in late 2005, debuted in 2006, trained by Killer Kowalski, like everybody on earth was. Yeah. And then in September 2006, he signed a deal with World Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated. Um, he went to Deep South Wrestling in Georgia, which was where they were doing deve developmental at the time. Easy for me to say. Uh, he debuted as Kofi Najee Kingston in a dark match loss to Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP. Does it say where that was? does not say. But it was September 21st. I don't think it was in Wilkes-Barre. No. Um, so he was in Deep South for the rest of 2006 and most of 2007. Uh... Around the middle of 2007, he shortened his ring name to Kofi Kingston, and he worked dark matches against Charlie Haas and Trevor Murdoch. Uh, then he he went back to developmental, and he went on a live event loop and worked Shelton Benjamin and Valvinas. So he's certainly getting well, some... Valvinas was still with the company for that one? Valvinas didn't get released until 2008. Jesus. So then Deep South shut down, and it became FCW. Kofi relocated there, where... Uh, he stayed around for a little bit. And then, late 2007, the vignettes began on ECW on Sci-Fi. 
Uh, December 6, 2007 was the first Kofi Kingston vignette. And do you remember the Kofi vignettes? What was like your first thoughts? Were they, were they the island vignettes? Yes, sir. Like, he's on the island. He's like, look, he'd be talking about how beautiful Jamaica was. Yes. And he'd see someone like bullying a girl. He'd be like, looks like there's trouble in paradise. And he'd yes. go up the bully. <laughs> yeah, I remember those vividly. I, I do too. And uh, they were cheesy as fuck. But oh, yeah. Pretty incredible at the same time. I mean, it, it was a nice way to kind of introduce what the character Yeah, I mean, was. it was it was pretty on par for what wrestling vignettes were at the time. Yeah. So, uh, that, yeah, I have no complaints against them. Didn't, it didn't kill him, obviously. So, around this time, he would make his television debut in early 2008. And the commentators in ECW would claim that he was the first Jamaican to ever wrestle in WWE... When in reality, he had literally no Jamaican in his blood at all. No, we've <laughs> we'll get as, to that. as one as one British reporter found yes, out. We did. We talked about that last week. I forgot. Yeah, we, we, we had because I forget when it happened and how. And you remember? Yeah, the British were like, "He's actually from Boston." Yeah. But first of all, pal, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, exposing the business like you're real like, cool. Like, could you imagine what Kofi was thinking in this? In this, probably like, I'm fucked. It's yeah. like this guy fucked me. Yeah. If, that ref tried to fuck on me. <laughs> Shout out to Ted Jr. But unbelievable entrance to this. I never. There was never a Jamaican character, was there? Not he really can, was the first. He would if he was Jamaican. He would have been the first Jamaican. Um, Which is weird because it's a pretty common stereotype. But he actually is the first African-born wrestler in WWE history because he legitimately was born in Ghana. He moved to Boston at a young age, but he was legitimately born in Ghana. So, he still made history somehow. He wasn't the first Jamaican, but he was the first African-born. He might have some more history to make. He very well may, which we'll get into at the end. But, uh, he made his televised debut on January 22nd, 2008 on ECW as a white meat baby face. Maybe that's not the best phrasing, but... uh, He beat local competitor David Owen and... God damn, I didn't realize where the show took place. I definitely shouldn't have used the phrase white meat baby face. Where was it? Charlottesville, Virginia. Oh, God. Let's just move on. Yeah. So, Kofi would make his WrestleMania debut at WrestleMania 24 in the pre-show Battle Royal, everyone's favorite. Yes. Where... <laughs> you know who wins this Battle Royal, right? No. I'll give you one guess. Trevor Murdoch. Kane! Oh, of course! <laughs> who else would fucking be? <laughs> Compete. How did you not guess Kane? Like you always guess Kane for everything, and the one time you don't. <laughs> so he'd wrestle in a 24-man battle royal during the WrestleMania 24 pre-show, with the winner getting an ECW title match later in the night, which of course was won by Kane, and he would go on to win the title. And was it, like, it wasn't 18 seconds. That was a Sheamus Daniel Bryan. Was it like 20 seconds yeah. or something? It was a ridiculously short amount of time because he snuck up behind Chavo. <laughs> That should have been the Kane fact of the week. He once snuck up by Chavo to win the ECW title. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, that was Kofi's first taste of WrestleMania. And come to think of it, I don't think I've ever watched that Battle Royal. I, there was a time where you couldn't watch them. Well, it was on WWE.com. Was, is it, it on the network? I don't think it is. Then probably YouTube watching it. it. You probably YouTube it. Yeah, you probably could. Uh... They've been putting entire fucking shows on YouTube recently. Anyway, Kofi could. Uh, Kofi was eliminated by Mark Henry in the match. His first major feud would be with Shelton Benjamin in April of 2008. Uh, Kofi beat Shelton two weeks in a row to continue his undefeated streak. And then eventually, he just beat Kofi on May 20th in ECW and the undefeated streak. WWE does not do well with streaks. They don't really know how to end them. They did one streak well. 
That's it. And they only have to worry about that one once a year, so yeah. it's a completely different animal. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like winning streaks. So on June twenty fourth, Kofi Kingston would uh, defeat Shelton in an Extreme Rules match, and that would end their feud. So in the two thousand eight supplemental draft, he would be drafted to Raw. Do you remember? You remember the supplemental draft? Like there'd be the actual draft on TV where all the and, stars got drafted. Yeah, and then, then the, all the geeks would get drafted on dot com. Yeah, on dot com. <laughs> And they still do it with the shakeup. Like, I remember Mark, Mike Kanellis got moved to Raw, and no one found out until, like, a month later. <laughs> you know it's the greatest. I, right. I like Mike Kanellis. We get to see him wrestle tonight, too. Yes, we do. On 205 at Liz Ive. Um, so, his first major accomplishment would come at Night of Champions 2008 when he defeated Chris Jericho to become the Intercontinental Champion. I remember this vividly. It was in the middle of the uh, Michaels-Chris Jericho feud. And, of course, Night of Champions, the whole gimmick was every title will be on the line. And they didn't announce an opponent for Jericho coming into this show. And I'm like, huh, that's weird. Are they just not going to defend the ECW title? I mean, the Intercontinental title? Then out comes Kofi, and I'm like, oh, shit, I guess it's Kofi. And I'm like, Jericho will probably just beat him in, like, ten minutes. Then Shawn Michaels and his lazy eye came out and caused distraction. And Kofi... Did hit- you see, did you see he, he got in trouble with his wife? No. He was seeing somebody on the side. Ah. I'm unbelievably funny. I saw someone say, you know, Sean wore that cowboy hat to cover up the bald spot and the lazy eye at the same time. I'm like, that's terrible. <laughs> that's awful. You guys are terrible people. <laughs> but did you, did, did you know that the whole reason Sean got thrown to the Jerichon was like, explain the lazy eye? Yeah. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's such a common thing. Like, hey, pal, let's work it into an angle. Like... So Kingston would loot, would hold on to the title until SummerSlam that August, where he would team up with Mickey James, and I also remember this vividly. He would take on Beth Phoenix and Santino, I remember collectively this. known as Glamorella. Which was a great name. It was. A lot better than the Samoan Slaughterhouse. Much better. And uh, Kofi and Beth would lose their titles to Beth Phoenix and Santino. So kind of seemed like some start and stop for Kofi. Kofi. I sound like Kyle Busch now. Kofi Johnson, Kingston. But, Fuck uh, Kyle Bush. Whatchamacallit. That would be the no, end. No, I remember this vividly. And now, what did you think of the, of Kofi up until here? Uh, let's see. I mean, because we, we, we were, what, 12? We 2008, were, I would have been 12, yeah. So we, I would have been 13. So there would not, there wasn't much difference in, we were understood. We don't get it as much as we do now. I'm like, oh, just yeah. a fucking other. Another mid carter That's pretty much likeable, how I felt. Into like, likeable yeah, guy. Yeah, like, oh, Kofi's cool. Because I, I got to say, throughout his entire run, he's been loved. Yeah. Like, that's that's been the thing. Like, people love Kofi King. He's had, he's had the... Like, he, was, he had the ire of of, of uh, internet wrestling fans. Like, please put the strap on this guy for fucking yeah. years now. He's had the one heel run. That was, that was with New Day. But they were beloved heels anyway. So. Yeah, they were great. So, moving on. Kofi would appear in a backstage segment at Unforgiven where he would try to come to the aid to CM Punk, who was getting kicked in the head by Legacy, and he also got beat down. So they would challenge Ted Jr. and everyone's favorite vice president, Cody Rhodes, for these uh, World Tag Team Championships, and they would win them on the October 27th edition of Raw. Not to mention they're best friends. That Yeah, they are. They're, who they knows used to now? travel together. Great stories coming out of there. If you can find there's a CM Punk interview, they would always get pulled over. Yeah. He, he, he said something like, Kofi's a black man who has dreadlocks, and I look I'm like a... a metalhead with he, tattoos. He goes, I look like I cook's a pretty good meth. He goes, and... So, uh... That was the first of Kofi's many tag team title reigns. He is the 
collectively with all of his reigns, he's the longest reigning tag champion of all time. Yes. And I think he's held with like five or six different guys. It's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. He was tag team champ a lot. So he would be involved in a traditional Survivor Series match at Survivor Series as a member of Team Batista. But he was eliminated by Randy Orton, and things would get a little worse when he'd lose his world tag team titles to John Morrison and The Miz at an untelevised live event. Oh, I don't like that. The low point of Kofi Kingston's early career came at No Way Out in an elimination chamber, coincidentally enough, where he probably just had one of the highest moments of his WWE career. He was scheduled to compete in the World Heavyweight Championship Elimination Chamber, but he'd be taken out by Edge, and Edge would take his spot in the match. I remember... Did you hear Edge talk about this recently on I his did. podcast? And he was like, I, I didn't did. want to do it. Yeah. He's like, I did not want to... Like, I did. I do what I'm told. That's my job. He goes, but anybody else... Because he knew that was, a big, that was a big moment for him. That was, yeah. was going to be Kofi's first world title match. Because in saying that, there's not been a bad word said about Kofi no, ever I've, by anyone. Yeah, backstage. I've never I guess he's heard anyone say anything Unbelievable bad about person. Seemed, he, he seems like it. So, uh, Kofi would uh, go on to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 25. That was won by CM Punk. And this ladder match would be memorable because this is a match where Mark Henry broke the ladder in half and Kofi, like, used them as stilts and almost got to the briefcase. So, as we'll get into, Kofi was known uh, for doing creative spots and matches like Money in the Jumped Banks through the and goddamn Royal roof. Rumbles and Battle Royals. So, this is kind of the first, quote-unquote, Kofi Kingston spot. So, Kofi would win the United States title for a first time from Montel Vontavious Porter, MVP, on June 1st, 2009. And fun fact... He would hold that title for 126 days. Do you know who he lost it to and what city he was in? I mean, you can just read further along. It won't tell you the city, but I'll tell you who. Uh, I didn't see it. You probably saw it. I didn't see it. You probably saw it. I'm going to go either. Oh, no, no. Uh, oh, you meant, oh, you mean you didn't see it on Wikipedia. Oh, you... No, I didn't see it. I didn't oh, see okay. it on the reading. Okay. But uh, you probably saw it. What year is this? 2009. Probably lost it to... Either Cody or The Miz? Yeah. In Philly, I don't know. No, you're probably there. He lost it to The Miz in Wilkes-Barre. It was, yeah, then I was there. Big oh, ben, I was there. Big I, Ben was the guest. I was there. We were both there. Yes. For some reason, Roethlisberger was that. <laughs> Roethlisberger was... Yeah, why was Roethlisberger the guest host in, like, Wilkes-Barre's mostly Eagles country? I don't Wilkes-Barre's know. Giants country, which sucks. That's true. But it's not Steelers country. That's Definitely for, not. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, we were there. We're, now I remember it. I just didn't think that was this run. Yeah. Unbelievable. 2009. That was probably... That might have been the last title change in Wilkes-Barre. That might have been the only title change in Wilkes-Barre. Off the top of my head, I can't think of any others. I can't either. I know Jericho... The, the fast count with Jericho and Triple H took place at State College. Yeah. but That I, wasn't really... A, that was a, It wasn't really a title change either, though, because they gave it back to Triple H at yeah. the end of the night. I don't know. I, I don't remember. So, on October 19th edition of Raw... Kofi spoke without the Jamaican accent for the first time. She's supposed to be Jamaican. Yes. She was trying to rally the troops for his bragging rights team. And uh, he he asked if anybody had any questions. And who else but Triple H would speak up and say... Cut me off, pal. I'm sorry. Uh, My YouTube went nuts and something to wrestle came up. Something to wrestle with. Uh... I lost my train of thought. But Kofi would ask if anyone had any questions. And the man with the golden shovel, shovel himself, Triple H, would say, Yeah, I got a question. 
actually, I got a problem. Aren't you supposed to be Jamaican? <laughs> and then all I hear is Big Show going, yeah, aren't you supposed to be? And I'm like... No, Michelle, wasn't Michael's in the ring? Yeah. Because Shawn Michaels goes, he goes, I think he goes, that's valid. I think he looks at Kofi, he goes, that's valid. And Kofi just has like this shocked look on his face. So as a f- you were probably 14, so you, you knew what the business was, obviously, but you didn't completely understand it. What did you, I'm sure you didn't know about the, the British See, interview at the time. No, I didn't. So what but were you like, thinking when Kofi just randomly spoke about it? I was upset because I wouldn't be surprised if he was Jamaican. Don't take this to me, he looks like... Jamaican people. He, he like he did. Blocks. He has. Oh, I mean, uh, he, I he he could be Jamaican, and I wouldn't yeah, have known any difference. His Jamaican accent was very. He, good. And I because he he spoke very well in the Jamaican English accent. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed, but I didn't care. Like, where the fuck would I care? He's not. So we went over this last week, but a quick little backstory on why he's billed from uh, why he stopped being billed as Jamaican. A uh, reporter from the UK exposed him as not being Jamaican. What a dick! I know it was. It seems unnecessary, so the WWE decided to let him be billed from where he was really born, Ghana, West Africa. So, yeah. And this man, this is a very interesting time in Kofi's career because what should have been is about to be. Yeah, right. That's a good way. That's a good way to put it. So, Madison Square Garden, uh, October twenty sixth, two thousand nine. Raw emanated from the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. And he started a feud with Randy Orton. And this was the night Kofi was made, basically. He hit a diving leg drop through a table I off, remember. like, the balcony of Madison Square Garden. Oh, it was so and fucking the crowd awesome. Was, the crowd was behind him, like, Equally as hot as it was two weeks ago. And Kofi was jazzed up, and it looked like, man, we got our next main event guy here. And it went very well for, for a little bit. At Survivor Series, we'd go on to Captain Team Kofi, where we were talking about this the other week. Team Kofi Kingston, ready for a fight. <laughs> Four of us are black, and one of us is white. What's up? <laughs> Fucking Christian. Christian. I love Christian. Christian's awesome. He's fantastic. But, uh... I watch his show on the History Channel, which you gotta watch, by the way, people. I, I've never seen anything like it. People choose, like, a medieval armor. Yeah. And then they just beat the living Christ out of each other. Yeah. And Christian's up there commentating, like, JR. Um... So, Kofi would be outnumbered three-on-one in the Survivor Series match, and he would overcome the odds, including pinning Orton with a trouble in paradise, and I thought it was even more reassurance that this guy's the next guy. Like, this is... I knew at this point... I knew enough at this point about the business. I'm like, they're pre- this guy's ready. Yeah. This guy's... They're getting this guy ready for a long, long career. So and I would, wasn't wrong, but... So, he would go on to feud with Orton for the next couple of months, Including uh, a match where Mark Cuban was special guest referee and fast counted Orton. They'll go on to have a one on one match at TLC, which Orton won. That was a really good match. It was a good match. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it was a really good match. Yeah, it was. Uh, December 28th, Orton cost Kofi the United States Championship. And then on January 4th, 2010, this is where it happened. Randy Orton is facing Kofi Kingston one on one again. Kofi kind of lands wrong in an RKO, and Orton kind of lands on his shoulder. And that's when Orton yells at him for 10 seconds, calling him stupid before finally pinning him. And that's where the rug was kind of pulled out on Kofi. Well, the rug wasn't pulled out right there. That was the beginning of the the descent back to the mid-card. So what do you – do you remember watching this Raw? And what what was going through your head when Orton was just sitting there screaming stupid at him? Did you know enough to know, like – I am like, okay, something didn't go right. Right. I didn't know to the extent, like, how that could affect your future. Right. But 
Orton's a dick. He's he always was. And I can understand being mad, but it's yeah, fucking probably, ha- it happens. He's the same guy that got Kennedy fired for a yeah. botch. He's the same guy that never mind. But uh <laughs> never mind. Shit in a diva's bag. Yeah, and fucking makes a shake of snake. Oh. Oh yeah, that did happen, didn't it? That was recent, too. Well, I, I don't think it was. I don't the think it was, was the recent. story was recent. Yeah. I don't think he's. I think Orton's mellowed out a lot. He now. has. He really has. He's just there to collect his check. I love Dad Orton. Like when he when uh, when AJ Styles said this is the house AJ Styles built, and Orton walked up and said the the what? I lost it. It was great <laughs> because AJ Styles has been here for two years. He didn't build shit. Neither he's right. <laughs> he said the what? <coughs> yeah, that'll be an interesting match of Mania. Oh, it's going to be good, but it's going to be boring. Back to Kofi Kingston, man. Uh, this time, he would get to compete in the Elimination Chamber in 2010 for the WWE title. He would be eliminated by Sheamus, and then he'd kind of do a whole lot of nothing until the 2010 draft, where he would be moved to SmackDown. Uh, his first night on SmackDown, he defeated Chris Jericho, and then he was entered in a four-man tournament for the vacant Intercontinental title after Drew McIntyre was stripped. And I'm not at this point in 2010 yet, so I'm kind of spoiling it for myself. So I guess I got this to look forward to, even though I watched it nine years ago, but memory isn't so great. Um, he would go on to defeat Dolph Ziggler. Oh, Tori Wilson news just broke. That's official. Is it? Yep, I just got that WWE notification. I don't get notifications in that. I figure out why. Uh, so yeah, Tori's officially in the Hall of Fame. Good for her. Congrats. Um, great theme song. The, oh, yeah, Lillian, Lillian saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, Kofi defeated Christian in the finals to seemingly become the Intercontinental title. He became the Intercontinental title. To seemingly become... <laughs> who's that guy? He might be the Intercontinental champion. Well, no, he didn't because Drew yeah. McIntyre came back and was awarded the championship back. Yes. So, seemingly it was correct. Me calling him a belt was incorrect. <laughs> who's that guy? Oh, that's the Intercontinental <laughs> Championship. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kingston would go on to beat... Uh, McIntyre over the limit to win his second Intercontinental title and then he would become a pro on NXT mentoring Michael fucking McGillicuddy Curtis goddamn Axel the genesis of McGillicuddy what a goddamn stupid show what a damn awful promo so yeah Kofi would uh, go go on to compete in the Money in the Bank ladder match at the first ever Money in the Bank pay-per-view which has been a success do you know who won that Money in the Bank ladder match? What year was it? 2010. Kane. That's yeah, Kane. That's Kane. That's, that's Kane. I know that's Kane. That's, that's got to be Kane. Gotta be Kane. <laughs> I know that is because he cashed it in the same night, yep, didn't he? 45 minutes later. Yeah. It was the sh- it was the record for shortest cash, and then Alexa Bliss broke it this year. Everyone's taking records from Kane. Ambrose did. Was Ambrose, Ambrose is like an, Ambrose is like an hour and a half. Okay. Kane was 45 minutes. Yes, the Ambrose match opened the show. And okay. Alexa Bliss was like 27 minutes. Yeah. God damn it, you leave Kane and his records alone. I need need to keep something going here, and you're taking (laughs) Kane's records. He'll always be the first guy to cash in on the same night. No one can ever take that one away. He will always be. Uh, So Kofi would lose the Intercontinental title to Dolph Ziggler, which would become a reoccurring feud over the years. Uh, It was on and off again for the 2014, wasn't it? Yeah. So Ziggler won the uh, title... On August 20th, once again in a rematch, Kofi won by DQ, but of course everyone knows Champions Advantage, plug, plug, plug. Uh, that means that Ziggler, was that your Tatanka? Yes. No, 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 no,
So racist. Yeah, kind of. Uh, the feud would end at Night of Champions with Ziggler retaining the title once again. On October 15th, Kingston would earn a spot on the SmackDown Bragging Rights team, which SmackDown would win. And then, moving on to TLC, he would be in a triple threat ladder match against Jack Swagger and Dolph Ziggler, where Ziggler would retain his Intercontinental title. Fucking Jack Swagger. On January 7th, he would face, you'll never guess, Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> and he would win the Intercontinental Championship. But immediately following the match, uh, Ziggler got his rematch clause. And then, what the hell did that text say? Oh, Jesus. Did you see that text? Oh, no. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, God damn. But Kofi would win and retain his title. He would then feud with Del Rio. He lost the Del Rio Elimination Chamber. And then on March 25th, he'd lose his Intercontinental title to Wade Barrett. Is it me or is like Kofi seem like the most transitional champion of all time? He is. And I mean, it's it's sad because he done he did all this and more. I'm not gonna say we're the greatest wrestling fans on the planet, but people of our status only really know it. He's gonna be he's gonna be remembered for the new day, as if his career ended. Today. Oh, absolutely. And that's not a bad thing. No, but he did he did so much. The new day is definitely like the most defining run of his career. But... We'll get to the legacy later because I have a lot of things to say. Cool, 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 cool. Uh. We really have to talk about WrestleMania 27. I'll just get depressed. No, just don't. You were there. No, you weren't there. I wasn't there. You Thank there. God I wasn't there. This was the worst WrestleMania ever. This was Let's the worst just move on. I know. It, we I can't don't just move play. on because we got to talk about this fucking team. We have Kofi Kingston, Santino Morella, The Big Show, and fucking Kane. Always. Why not? And they defeated The Core. And if you don't remember who The Core was, I'm Can glad I guess? Yes. Can I guess? The Core. Barrett? Yep. Otunga? No. No. Barrett Tarver? No. Hell no. Barrett DiBiase? No. No. Who? Barrett Gabriel. Gabriel. Justin fucking Slater, Gabriel. Slater. And Ezekiel Jackson. Yep. What an awful group. Yeah, what a terrible, worst faction ever. <laughs> that one I can give you is definitely not going in the Hall of Fame. I hope not. <laughs> um, He would move to the Raw brand in the 2011 Supplemental Draft. So even in 2011, Kofi wasn't a big enough star to get drafted on TV. That's upsetting. It is. On May 1st, he would defeat Sheamus in a tables match to become the United States champion for a second time. He would drop it at Capital Punishment to Dolph Ziggler. That was he a good just, pay-per-view, that Capital Punishment. It was just, he, this guy can't escape Ziggler. He, no, nobody can escape Ziggler. The, a company can't escape Ziggler. I think we found our next t-shirt. Nobody can escape Ziggler. <laughs> I like that. I like that a Nobody lot. Nobody can escape Ziggler. That's funny. Um, uh, anyway, he would move on to a underrated tag team, in my opinion. Uh, what were your thoughts on Air Boom? Ugh. I, I, they were Ugh. bad name, great team. Oh, terrible name. But, I mean, come on, look at some of the names in WWE, and of course Air Boom's going to be a fucking bad name. Yeah, I, they were a great team. They were fun to watch. Can you guess who they beat for the tag titles? Well, when was this? Uh, August 22nd, 2011. Um, was that, was that when, was that when, uh, the fucking Nexus was the tag team champion? It was, actually. Who was it? Was it, oh, I know it, it was fucking Axel and Notunga, wasn't it? It was. Awesome. It was. And their theme was a straight Kanye West ripoff. <laughs> when you're standing next to me, yeah, I know you feel that power. Fucking straight Kanye ripoff. Um... 
They would go on to defend the titles at Night of Champions against Awesome Truth. Good name. Good, good no, team. no good name. Very good name. It makes sense, but it's not good. Um, at Hell in a Cell, they would uh, defend their titles against Dolph Ziggler and Jack Swagger. But then the wheels fall of that partnership when Evan Bourne got popped for a wellness violation. Woo! Yeah, Evan, Evan Bourne liked, as the kids call today, the, the weed. Yeah. And then, uh, that wouldn't be a problem in today, because now it's just a fine, but back then it was a suspension, and they count it as one of your three strikes in the wellness it, It'll be, yeah, it's not, it's not anymore, right? They no, it's just it. a fine now. You think Riddle would be there if it was up still, like, part of the wellness? <laughs> Riddle, Riddle wrote, Riddle just took, told him to take it out of his paycheck. <laughs> Riddle's over there in Allentown getting high as fuck. Oh, yeah. Um, so at TLC, they would retain their titles against Primo and Epico. But on January 15, 2012, they would lose their titles to Primo and Epico at a house show. And you'll never guess why. Why? Because Bourne got popped for his second violation of the wellness policy right after getting back. So, bad times for, uh... Oh, God, do you remember, uh... Do you remember, uh... The one backstage promo when, like, the Nexus was running wild and, uh, Seamus was, like... Making fun of people getting beat up by a Nexus, and he goes, "What's eleven barn?" <laughs> that was awesome. Too many limes. Uh, so Kofi would participate in the Royal Rumble in 2012, and this was the start of the Kofi moment. This would be the first one where he walked on his hands and got to the ring steps. Did he get to? Did he get to the ring steps, or did he go over the the barricade first to put him down and then walk? He, I think, he was just a straight handstand right to the ring steps. Yeah, which is impressive. So what were your thoughts when you saw the, the first Kofi Rumble moment? Well, that was pretty cool. Didn't know it was going to become a I thing. Saying, I was like, oh, that, was, that, was, that was neat. <laughs> like, neato. At Elimination Chamber, he would compete in a chamber match for the WWE Championship. He would be eliminated third by Jericho. And then he formed another tag team with R-Truth. And on February 27th, they would fail to capture the tag titles. But on April 30th, they won the tag titles. So Kofi is once again a tag champion. If you're keeping score up for at home, first it was with Punk, then with Evan Bourne, now with our truth. So so far he's a, he's a three time three time Intercontinental Championship as of here right now, right? Yes, I believe so. Three time. Two time US. Yep. And then we have three tags. Three tags. Yep. So that's eight already. Yep. They would go on to hold the tag team titles until Night of Champions, when they lose it to Came the Big Show. Close. Kane and Rey Mysterio. Farther away. <laughs> well, actually, technically closer if we're going by weight. Uh, Kane and... It's fucking Kane's most famous tag team. Come on. Oh, Taker. What? No! Team Hell oh, No! Oh, Team Hell No! Yes. Well, I didn't think... What are you I, doing? I didn't think those those time periods clashed. Yeah, 2012. Jesus. That's yeah. a long time ago. I was young and had promise in my life. In 2012, you were, I guess you are young. Yes, I was yeah. young. I was 17. What else, how else would you yell young? I mean, 17 is kind of old. You're only, like, what, like 24 now, 23? I'll be 24 the last day of this month. Yeah. So send me birthday presents. I'll probably be in Philly that day. Not you, them. Oh, they're not going to send you shit. I know. Um, you're going to see uh, the Bryce's, right? Most likely. I haven't bought the tickets yet, but most likely. Uh... So they'd lose to the primetime players in a tag team tournament, and then Kofi and King... Kofi, Kofi, I almost said Kofi and Kingston. 
Kofi in Kingston. I was right. Kofi and Truth would disband as a team and return to be singles competitors. But guess what? On October 17, 2012, Kofi would defeat The Miz to become the Intercontinental Champion for a fourth time. Fourth times, baby. And uh, Kofi would be on Team McFoley at Survivor Series. He would lose that match. He was eliminated by Barrett. And then Kofi would then challenge Cesaro for the United States Champion. A lot of people forget that Cesaro is the U.S. Champion. While he was still the Intercontinental Champion, um, he would lose. Uh, Kingston successfully defended his title against Barrett at TLC. But then two weeks later on Raw, Kofi would lose the title to Wade Barrett again. God save our queen. I think that was his theme at the time, It too. was, yeah. Uh, I want him back so bad. I want him to return to wrestling. That'll never happen. I know. I love Wade Barrett. So at the 2013 Royal Rumble, Kofi had perhaps my favorite of the Rumble saves. This is when he jumped on JBL's chair? Yes, but before that, something even better happens. He gets knocked off the apron and jumps on ten size back. Yes, he did. did he, he did. He did. See, this is this is what this is one of my favorite sequences ever. Because do you remember who the next entrance to that Royal Rumble was? Who? So, here's what happens. Okay, explain this to me. Ten, he jumps on ten size back. Ten size dumps him on the table, mm-hmm. and kicks ten size in the head. He kicks ten size in the head, and he asks John Bradshaw Layfield to use his chair. He. Uh, he jumps over, he jumps over, uh, with the chair, and he gets back in the ring to a rousing round of applause. Yes. And then he gets back in, and he was immediately, he was immediately eliminated by Kofi Kingston, or by, no, he didn't do it to himself, by by Cody Rhodes. And then that's that's when the clock was coming out, and then the next, it went, "Eh," and you immediately heard... And I jumped through my fucking ceiling. Team Goldie! Yes, it was that, that thing. I'm sorry, I just had to go on a tangent I there. Knew you'd, I knew you'd work a Goldust reference in somewhere. And, no, that was the best one, obviously, out of them all. And so, it, it was great to see. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be a thing. I like this thing. That That's yeah. coming from the, the year before. Yep. So on April 15th on Raw, Kofi would win his third United States Championship from Cesaro. So I chalked that one up. But in typical trans- transitional champion fashion, he'd lose it a month later to Dean Ambrose at Extreme Rules. That's the ring reign of the shield starts. Yep. He'd miss most of the summer of 2013 out with a elbow surgery. Really the only one time he's really ever gotten hurt, honestly. Yeah, I don't remember me being hurt. Yeah, that's about... I remember him missing a lot of time in the summer, but that's about all I remember. He would then start a short-lived feud with Bray Wyatt. He would lose to him at Battleground. And, uh... That'd be the end of that feud. And he wouldn't do much for the rest of 2013. He'd have like a mini feud with The Miz, but nothing really of note. Then we get to the 2014 Royal Rumble, where he had another impressive save. This is the one where he, uh, Rusev caught him and power slammed him onto the barricade. And he made the leap from the barricade to the apron, which when I saw it, when I saw him going for it, I'm like, dude, there's no way he can make this It's jump. far. I think it was 11 feet. Yeah, 11 feet. Do you think you can jump 11 feet? I know I can jump 11 feet. No, shut, shut up. I was, I was looking for an honest answer, but I guess I won't get it. I did I did win. Pie eating contest? I know. No, fuck you. Three times, bud. And uh, I was the triple jump champion in high school. No, you were you? What? No, you were you? What? 
I don't believe you. Look at me. Does it look like no. I ran fucking track? No, like I know you didn't. That's why I'm... Man, I was trying to work the, work the gimmick, you know? I, I'm a very sexual, fit <laughs> man. You know these. You know that your personal Twitter is like linked in our in our in our Twitter, so like people just click on your profile and see the bullshit, and just see my last three tweets about Snapple. So that's all they need. That's all they need to see about me. Hashtag not an ad. Hashtag not an ad. Unless they want it to be an ad, you know, hit us up, Snapple. I can be the best Snapple. I can be the next Snapple, best Snapple spokesperson ever. I don't know. You got the Turkey Hill right here too. You're kind of you're kind of cheating on them. They didn't have Snapple where I was, and I needed no. it. Were you at Turkey Hill? No. Oh. Okay. So you obviously you go to the next best one. But Snapple's in the light. Way to, way to keep the door open for that Turkey Hill. Nice, nice, diet, like nice diet peach Snapple. I like it. At WrestleMania 30, Kofi would have another crazy Battle Royal save. This time he was vaulted over the ring post, and he landed with his feet on the stairs. And I was like, I still don't know how he did that one. That one was kind of crazy. And then he wouldn't do a whole lot until the summer of 2014. What uh, happens in the summer of 2014, Tony? Well, see, Kofi Kingston would start an angle where his team would biggie. They would lose a match to Rybaxel of all teams. And then Xavier Woods would come out in a white suit and form what we'd later know as the New Day. It wasn't the New Day yet. Wasn't it supposed to be originally be smart athletic black friends or something? Oh, yeah. Wasn't it supposed to be something I like that? I don't think that was their idea, but I think that's what it was That was supposed to be the name, yeah. Oh, God. Could you imagine? Even worse, the original New Day was supposed to be fresh coat of paint. Fresh paint of coat. That's a bad idea, too. Yes. Just because there's a lyric in their theme song that says fresh coat of paint. Vince's like, I love it. <laughs> so, this would, so this early incarnation of the New Day, not named the New Day yet, would never, wouldn't make TV, but they would work house shows... Um, and then in October, WWE began airing vignettes for the New Day as we know it. So, the New Day would debut as baby faces, and they got over like a fart in church. Yeah, it did not work. They were preaching positivity. Well, yeah, they, were, they, were, they had the fucking church choir theme at the time. Big E had a church towel. Uh, and it just wasn't working. They would turn heel in April, and... If you have a chance to listen, Xavier Woods just said... Vince McMahon did not want them to be heels. And he no. said, he said, just please give me two weeks. Vince Vince really thought that them preaching positivity would get over. Yeah, he's just, he's just give me two weeks. At Extreme Rules, Kofi and Biggie would defeat Tyson Kidd and Cesaro to win the WWE Tag Team Championships. So Chuck Jason, another... Jason Kidd and Cesaro were good. We're good. We're Tyson good. Kidd and Cesaro. Jason Kidd and Cesaro? <laughs> Was that a Freudian slip? Or no, that... I did that on purpose. Okay. Because J- uh, Jason Kidd looks like a smaller, wider Cesaro. I thought you were saying Jason Kidd looks like Tyson Kidd. I was like, whoa, hold it. So he's now four-time WWE Tag Team Champions. Um, They would go on to retain their titles until Money in the Bank when the primetime players would defeat them. And at this point, New Day are heels, but like... Over as Christ. They're babyface heels. Like, they're doing... They're shaking their ass a lot. They had the dance segments with Jericho, The Rock, I believe. Well, we're not there yet. We're We're not there yet? We're We're not there yet? Okay. Jericho's not until January. So, at SummerSlam, they would regain the titles in a fatal four-way. And this is White Gear New Day. This is White Gear New Day, where they came out singing their de- their version of New York. And it was the, the debut of Francesca the Trombone. Trombone. Trombone, trombone. Doesn't matter. R.I.P. Yes, R.I.P. Francesca won. Um, so... 
Yeah, the next night, the Dudley Boys would make their WWE return and start a feud with the New Day. Uh, the Dudleys would fail to capture the tag titles with several attempts. And then at TLC, the New Day would retain their titles in a triple threat ladder match against the Usos and the Lucha Dragons. I hate that match. Why? Because... Because Xavier throws a trombone? Yes. Really? So it's, I like the match, but it, I, it angers me to this day. The Kalisto does the most impressive goddamn ladder maneuver I've ever seen in my life, which was a Salil del Sol. Yeah. Onto off the ladder, onto the, the other bridge. ladder. Yeah. And this the finish was a goddamn trombone. Alright, I want you to climb on a ladder and I'm gonna stand I'm gonna stand about five feet away and I'm gonna throw a trombone at your back. And you tell me if it hurts. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it would. I don't feel pain, so let's I don't think so. It might just get sucked up into the abyss. Oh fuck you. Let's move on. So, uh, the New Day would attain their titles at the Royal Rumble against the Usos. And Kofi would have another Royal Rumble moment, where he was clotheslined over the top rope, but he landed on Big E's shoulders, and he proceeded to, per- to parade around the ring, eating popcorn and drinking soda for like the next 20 minutes, <laughs> until Jericho finally hit a springboard dropkick to him and eliminated him, officially. He's never made it longer after these saves, if you ever noticed that. I mean, he made it. He lasted a long time after the save that time. That's only because he was walking around on the outside of the ring. So I don't know if that one counts. Yeah. But yeah, usually right after he makes the save, he's gone. Yeah. Um. They would compete at WrestleMania 32 against the League of Nations in a six-man tag match, where they would lose. Was that the Budio's entrance? Yes, was the Budio's. It's Dragon Ball Z attire Budio's entrance. Great entrance. Sounds so what were your thoughts on the League of Nations going over when they basically break up the next they night? They needed it. What? They needed to break it up the next night? Well, I don't. I just think there was a last chance effort, and then they broke him off the Well, they knew night. Barrett was leaving. He already said he was gone. Uh, I don't know. I like, I'm a big Wade Barrett fan. I, I can't hate him. Yeah, they kicked Barrett out the next night, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, they wanted the, they wanted the Michaels, Foley, and Austin spot. I mean, New Day could have... Still won and gotten. I don't know. I guess, but Xavier Woods took a great stunner. But that's not why we're he here. took an g- unbelievable stunner. That's why. That's not why we're here, though. So in the next night, he was like, even Stone Cold decided to stun me. He goes, which upon further review was my fault. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then you get drafted to Raw. Are we still at four tags, or we win another one? We're still at four tags. Okay. No, I think we're at five. We're at five. New Day won twice. We're at five tags. Okay. So, 2016 draft, they get drafted to Raw. They'd break the record for longest reigning tag champs. They'd lose their titles to Cesaro and Sheamus. Then they'd, then they'd interestingly enough, get the honor of hosting WrestleMania 33. What did you think of them as kind of hosting instead of having a match in the show? Like it, hate it's fine. it? fine. I like it. I mean, if they're, if they're, they're going to do something, I'd rather them fucking host and do something pointless on the show. I mean, don't you think hosting kind of was pointless? No, they got to announce the Hardy Boys return. That's, they're they're going to be etched in history with that. And they're entertaining guys. That's they what, they're, no, that's they what they're there for. And it, it doesn't bother me at all. They didn't have a match. So Kofi would get ankle surgery shortly after WrestleMania. Um, they'd move to SmackDown in the shakeup. They'd beat the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And then they'd lose them back at SummerSlam. Then they'd win them back on SmackDown. That add another one. And then they'd lose them back at Hell in a Cell. And what was a great Tag Team Hell in a Cell match. <sighs> I watched that the other day. Phenomenal. I love that match. At Survivor Series, they probably had their highest profile match as a team when they teamed up to face the Shield in a losing effort. Um, then, in 2018, Kofi would make his Rumble save by landing on a pate of pancakes. Pancakes? Pancakes. We were there. We were there. Cool. 
And then he, him vaulting over uh, Jinder is like, he got high. He did. That was wild. And then almost eliminated him, and he took a great bump while getting eliminated. Like a, he did, and it was odds one. That's one of my favorite sequences of the of the Rumble, because Almas is like, I'm not throwing you back over there. I'm going to throw you that way. Yep. And he just then he yep. threw him on the other side. Uh, they had faced the Bludgeon Brothers in the USA's WrestleMania 34 in a losing effort. They had gone to feud with the Bludgeon Brothers, and they would win the titles back in the post SummerSlam SmackDown. So what was that put Kofi an eight time tag champ? Eight time tag champ. I knew it was going to end up. I just wanted to go through it for dramatic effect. Yeah. Um, they would lose the titles to the bar at SmackDown 1000. They'd fail to recapture them. Uh, Kofi would go on to make two Rumble saves in 2019. Um, with the second being, like, him and Xavier Woods doing, like, a weird, like, crab-walking act. Yeah, and they fucked it up. <laughs> they did fuck it up. Ball, all four feet ended up hitting the ground at some point. Well, Woods never got in officially, so he was fine. But, yeah, Kofi's feet may have definitely have hit the ground. And then... February 12th, the day the magic happens, it is announced that Mustafa Ali is out of Elimination Chamber due to injury, which was really unfortunate. He's back, by the I way. Know, for, for returned to a house show in Minnesota against Daniel Bryan. And he'll be at SmackDown tonight. Good, 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 good. I like what he did there. Um, so Kofi lasted over an hour in the gauntlet match, where he subsequently got wins over Daniel Bryan, Jeff Hardy, and Samoa Joe. And could we say which one was better? I like the Raw Gauntlet better. Raw Gauntlet? Yeah. I yeah I I agree, but this performance was unbelievable. It was great performance. Unbelievable. Probably better than Rollins' performance, but I like the Raw Gauntlet better. My overall. thoughts exactly. Yeah. I didn't want you to yell at me, so I just didn't say it. No, it's fine. Uh, but he beat Brian, Jeff Hardy, and Samoa Joe before eventually be- tapping out to the calf crusher. And then Kofi would enter the chamber as a third entrant. He eliminate Randy Orton, and I don't know if you noticed this, but after he eliminated Orton, he yelled stupid at him, and it was. Awesome. I didn't notice it, but I, it was I might go watch it awesome. later. He also did it the next SmackDown, too. He'd yell stupid at him again. So you make it work, you crow. He got, he got his payback all these years later. Uh, Brian would come down to the final two with a great sequence with Daniel Bryan at the end. Great uh, 12 minutes. I think, I think it was something like 12 minutes. Something like that. Kofi would hit the trouble in paradise, but Daniel cantered into a cradle. Uh, Kofi kicked out of a running knee. Then he eventually got hit with another running knee and beat... Then we are at the SmackDown after Elimination Chamber. He'd be announced as the number one contender at Fastlane. But, of course, last week on SmackDown, Mr. McMahon took it away from him and gave the match. By the way, I love Vince McMahon changing things on screen. I think it's fantastic. It's art imitating real life. They are giving us us what we want without us knowing it, and that's the best way to do with wrestling fans. It is art art imitating real life because Daniel Bryan, I mean, uh, not Daniel Bryan, Mr. McMahon really is a senile old man that changes his mind at, like, the drop of a hat. So, like, it really is our imitation yeah, that, they did re- like, like, not last week's Raw, but the Raw before at, like, 3 o'clock. Yeah, they, like, rewrote the whole thing. Um, so, that's that's Kofi Kingston's career. Uh, obviously, he still has a lot of history to write. It looks like we are getting hashtag Kofi Mania. I would be bamboozled if we didn't get it at this point. Yeah, it no, seems, it doesn't make any sense not to get it anymore. It seems that's the direction that they're heading in. So, the mania behind Kofi Mania. If Kofi Kingston's career ended right now, what would his legacy be? He'd be a Hall of Famer. The New Day. I agree. The New Day is maybe the best faction in WWE history. I I gotta go with the Shield. All right, fair enough. Accomplish, accomplishment-wise, the New Day probably is number one. Yeah. But... 
But Shield he, produced three main event guys. Right now he has that's true. Right now he has fifteen titles. Yeah. He's one he needs he needs a big one for the Grand Slam. Grand Slam. And I don't think he I don't think anybody else in this world deserves to be the first black champion than him. Yeah. I mean, I think it's time. I'm a believer. Yeah. I understand if it won't happen, but I really want it to. Yeah, I wouldn't mind him having a, a reign, even if it's for like a month, you know? Like, just let him be Brian, give us a feel-good moment, and, you know, if he has to drop it back at Money in the Bank, which is the first pay-per-view, we still never talked about that, by the way. Hmm. We got to talk about the whole pay-per-view schedule, and I never got my takeover point in. Yeah. By the way, takeover, June 8th in San Diego. San Jose, excuse me, I'm already fucking it up, because you're uh, in San Jose at the SD. SU Event Center, which was the home of the first ever NXT Roadshow WrestleMania 31 weekend. And it's going to be the first takeover since NXT TakeOver The End that will not have taken place alongside a major WWE pay-per-view event. Yeah. And Money in the Bank's in Hartford. <laughs> Make a drive? It's like a five-hour drive. I'll do it, but it's like a five-hour drive. No. It's like, no. No, I, I want a Money in the Bank in Philly. But we I want a Money it. in the Bank in Philly, too. I'm actually very upset. All right, back to Kobe. Yeah. What do you think his legacy will be? I think he will forever be one of the most underrated guys that ever... Not s- underrated, underutilized, I think is a better word. I can't even say underutilized, because look at all the titles he's gotten. Like he's. That's true. I would like to see what would have happened if he took that RKO correctly. You know, what happened in like a parallel universe. Where I think it might happen. Well, I mean, I think I think it might happen too, but... I'm curious on if it would have happened nine years sooner. You know what I mean? I mean, he had the thing. I remember that boom drop. Oh, the crowd was. I'm like, this guy is crazy. fucking ready. Yeah, I'm like, I'm he's like made. let's do this. Yeah, I was completely and, behind it. And uh, he was made, and then if he if he wasn't if he wasn't made in anyone's eyes until now, the gauntlet match made him. If he wasn't yeah. made after that for some reason, the, the chamber, chamber match, match made him. So he deserves this. Let him fucking do it. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I don't care if it's at Mania. I would like to see it at Mania, but I don't care if it's Mania, SummerSlam, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, ROH, fighting for the Fallen. I don't give a shit. I don't think it'll be a fight for the Fallen. It'd be quite the swerve if it was. It would be. <laughs> that, that would certainly be unexpected. <laughs> that would... Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, that's Kofi Kingston. So we'll be right back with the hotly anticipated Kane Fact of the Week, and then we will be out of here. This week's Kane Fact of the Week is brought to you by Jacobs for a Better 205 Live. Kane has 1,171 losses in the WWE, which is the third all-time. Guess behind who? Hmm. One's very obvious. Who loses a lot? Like, the the ultimate jobber ever. The ultimate jobber ever is like... hmm. Well, Steve Lombardi is one of the people. I should have known Brooklyn Brawler. And Johnny Johnny Rods. Johnny Rod. Oh, so now you're very old school brothers. Yes, and that's the only people he's behind. God damn, that's kind of crazy. So this marathon of an episode is over, unfortunately, because that was a very good one. And I gotta go to work. I got uh, bills to pay and miles to feed. So remember to follow all the Turnbuckle Topics family at tt underscore for you at us champions pod uh, at Lynn's be honest three weeks in a row. Uh, at Kuta underscore Junior at KVNG Primetime. Got it for the first time. 
and at Old School Pants. And we will see you next week, and then the week after that, and then the week after that, and then at WrestleMania. I love the I love the gimmick of you like staring me in the eyes as you like read this. Oh, I'm looking you right through your soul. We'll see you next week, people.